America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the Santa's Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org, Brushbeater Training and Consulting, and hosted by me, the Commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia. And that is all of you out there, that wonderful, growing audience of American conservatives on the dissident right up there. What I call the activist right, the true Americans, the ones who adhere to the American dream and, and are really, really uh, dismayed and appalled at the condition in which the United States has fallen into at the hands of Democrats and the militant left. I am joined today by a very, very special guest, a man that I've had on previously, uh, I will say too long ago, and he is the best-selling author of The Warlock series that you can find on his website as well as on amazon.com colonel mike bennett how hey. you doing sir hey hey how's it going it's well it is yeah. going well and it is it is I, great it, to have you on here i i actually know you know from our other dealings i know that uh uh things are very prosperous and moving you know moving in the right direction for you and, and i'm really um I'm really glad for that. I think that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's uh it, it it's in a perpetual state of evolution and um one of the things that that I'll point out, take this opportunity to point out is is that um Amazon's been giving me kind of a kind of a fit and uh you know with rip off books that are written by chat GPT and whatever mm -hmm. and yeah, I pointed that out to the crowd. And, and I mean, a certain degree of that is going to occur regardless. Uh, yeah. But I, but I'll say this. Um, a lot of people complain about Amazon. They don't like, you know, the politics of it. They, they don't like the corporate thing or whatever. And, and hey, I, I'm right there with you. Um, so this this is a peak over the horizon. You know, I, I put something up last night of uh, just one product that I have coming in in a huge quantity and uh, i will be offering to the public because a lot of people in the you know in, in in our community have to rely on amazon for communications equipment for a, a lot of uh radio connectors and stuff you know like mm -hmm. like what i utilize mm -hmm. in class and um i'm making it possible that where there is a an alternative um, the, the financial success of the Gorilla's Guide to Baofeng Radio and, and the Gorilla Dispatch Volumes 1 and 2 
has enabled me at this point to reach out to outside suppliers to bring in those products that people really have come to me and asked, you know, hey, we really don't want to buy from Amazon. But, you know, at the same time, financially, that, that's the best option. Now I can provide the community with an alternative and, and I'm actively working on that. Uh, so communications needs, everything from VHF, UHF radios for, for local line of sight communications, all the way up to HF, um, crypto gear. So encryption devices. Um, uh, I, I am, I'm grinning from ear to ear because I know what, what's going to be here. And some of those products are showing up by the end of the week. So this is really the tip of the iceberg. I, I've got so much stuff that is coming. Uh, oh, yeah. Is is like it, it's blowing up, man. So I, I'm I'm excited. I'm kind of in the same boat. You know, you know, I'm I'm torn, if you will. I'm quite grateful to Amazon and some of the opportunities provided through Amazon. I really am. Uh, but I also understand, you know, the reticence of uh, some buyers uh you know if they if they want to get the books and they're like oh you know i don't want to go through amazon so so i did open up an avenue through kobo uh you know for people that were reluctant to buy through amazon yeah same book you know same exact book uh but but on kobo and and you know go through my website to, to get to that but um uh yeah i i i you know my my life is is quite simple you know it's it the, these are just books uh if i were doing some kind of hardware you know, or software or whatever uh I, I certainly would probably go down the, the the road that you're talking about you know going directly to uh suppliers and whatnot and you know cutting that middleman out to uh get you know bring down cost even to 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 your customers yeah one you know, being able to put a face and, and a legitimate name and say, hey, you know, you, you can come to class and use these products. I can teach you how to use them, why you need them, why you need the, to make this investment. Because, I mean, when you're, you're talking about it's one thing to spend twenty five, thirty dollars or, you know, less than one hundred dollars when it's all said and done on you know, a couple of a couple of bow things or whatever it's another to say like i'm going to spend 500 dollars on an hf rig you know right. that's a heavy investment that people that that's not for 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 everybody out there that that's not just throwing <coughs> you know you, you you're talking about a, a significant investment there that it's a you know a chunk of your take-home pay every month and um that that's you know it, it it's it's creating a, a comprehensive and uh, avenue of approach, I think, for people to get training, to be able to uh, buy products they're going to be able to use, and and you know, and, um, and and really have a support network for it too through the forum, and you know, people can reach mm. out to me on the forum, they can reach out to me on Twitter, um, and and you actually have somebody that's talking to you rather than, uh, you know buy it from Amazon and, and, you know, you, you don't really know what you're getting and you have no support network. Uh, so it, it's, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's shaping up. I I'm really, really excited, but you know, enough about that. Let's talk about the warlock series. Let's talk about the warlock. Let's talk about things going on in the world and, and 
you know, it, it's it's almost like on a daily basis, you're pointing out, <laughs> hey, I predicted this. Hey, I pointed well, out. Well, I, 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 I won't. I won't say predicted. Uh, I think some of the plot lines and you know, say if you took Nord Stream um, as an example, uh, you know, nothing, uh, you know, prescient about the whole. Uh, the, these things have been around a long time, but it, the difference being that the warlock does something, you know, that that's probably the deal. <laughs> that's the I love that. I love that statement. The, the difference is we actually did something. Yeah. The warlock. Well, actually well, I, you know, you know um, I guess I also would put out for, for, for your uh, viewers or, or your listening audience that, that are not aware of the books that I've written, um, there, there is some uh, some logic between us two talking about the you know the subject, uh, and and uh, you know, being a prior special forces guy, I will tell you I just I would whittle that down, I distill that down to unconventional warfare. So UW uh, in, in in that context very much relates to the subject matter that. Uh, that you're teaching or or, or uh, letting people know about. Uh, th so th th that's the connection. If 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 the folks are like, who who is this dude? Why is he on the show? Um, that's kind of where the, the 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 roads meet. You know, as far as just you and I. For sure, for sure. It it's you know. Training on, on the training side of the house, uh, you know, my, my friends, uh, Paul LeFevre and Mike Blackburn, which were uh, the, the co-authors of the, the uh, Army's Small Unit Tactics Handbook that they use in, in uh, SUT phase of, of the Q course. Now, I mean, both of them were longtime instructors and, and you know, kind of conversations, one-on-one -on -one conversations I've had with them. They say, you know, this is, this is the real UW mission is training people here you know it, it, it's it's we're kind of um it, it's it's taking firearms training that, that's kind of dominated the civilian space for a long period of time now and it's taking it to the next evolution of what's the tactics what, what's the guiding doctrine behind this and how does this really dovetail into a civilian context because you don't you know, it, it, and obviously, you know, this, it, the the uh, ecology of a gorilla, you have to understand first that, it, that a gorilla is a social reformer. Um, he is a he or she is a product of of some sort of injustice and, and uh, a, a governance that is no longer representative of the whole of the body politic. And so, you know, it, it all politics is warfare. Um, you know, it, it begins there and then it, it, you know, unfortunately in many, many, uh, uh, ways, but, but this is where we come in, you know, it, it, when it, when it does transition into, uh, it's, it's actions on phase, it's direct action phase. You have to be prepared for that. Uh, people have to be able to protect what is theirs, what is their property, their communities. Um, and they have to be able to protect that against government repression, you know, and, and we yeah. see this. It's it's a pattern that's stuck on repeat. Yeah, the well, he, I was saying how closely aligned we are, but although the distinction might be um, 
in my books, I'm projecting these skill sets oconus, right? Um, much of much of your realm is is kind of domestic, and and the warlock has has uh, kind of avoided the domestic agenda. So 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 let, let me just capture real quickly while so people aren't completely lost as who this fucking guy is or what the hell he's talking about. I've, I've written six books to date. Um, and, and, uh, there's kind of an introductory fundamental introductory kind of book. And then the five subsequent books, uh, center around this warlock character who is, is outside of the CIA's covert action authorities. He, he is extrajudicial. What does that mean? Well, it means he, he doesn't give a shit and he does stuff illegally. Uh, but he gets things done. And the enemies uh, that the warlock has is kind of targeted uh, typically don't have a good day. Uh, so it's, a, it's about a coalition uh, and alliance. And I and I'm I'm suggesting a very formal alliance, which going back to your comment of prediction, um, I'm starting to see more and more uh, in, in actual media where they well they'll actually use the words Russia China alliance, they'll actually say that, and it wasn't that way say maybe two years or more ago when I started writing these things, uh, but but the the general thrust is. Uh, the big bad overall is China, and then somewhat subordinate to China are its, uh, uh, you know, the guys doing its bidding, if you will, Russia, Iran, and Turkey, somewhat subordinate to China. Um, it, but all the things that these countries are doing, they certainly are, uh, you know, they are in collaboration with uh, the will of Beijing. Uh, so that's that's kind of the big broad idea. You got you got the warlock that's combating that one. He's identified that as the threat, and two, he's combating that through uh, covert actions, either with um, unconventional warfare type activity. We we were just talking about you know through partisans or through insurgents uh, attacking certain uh, targets. Um, or a lot of it also is, you know, the quote non-kinetic world where it's it's uh, you know cyber or that sort of thing. So there's a there's a huge technical component, and then there's a just as big special operations component. So everyone should, you know, that, that that's what the books are about uh, in, in in general, and obviously the common thread between us two is the UW kind of aspect and guerrilla operations, that sort of thing. hundred percent. I want to revisit something that you stated for, for the listeners out there. And this is conversations that, you know, we've had in, in our, our internal circles, but this is one that, that may come as a surprise to a lot of the listeners. You mentioned Turkey being part mm -hmm. of this, this uh, anti-West cable, um, mm -hmm. but yet Turkey is a NATO ally. Yeah, yeah, now, <laughs> I have kind of a sly grin on this because I think that, that Turkey is, uh, probably the most treacherous, uh, of, of nations that, that 
really maybe exists on the world stage today, uh, but certainly is, is a duplicitous ally at best. Uh, and, and never should have been allowed in NATO. But that's my personal opinion on that. Well, well from my point of view, and, and the, people can argue this, but I mean, from my point of view, when I say Turkey, I'm, I'm really talking about Erdogan himself. Right. Uh, you know, there, there was a time period, and I, and I kind of covered it uh, over the course of my books. And, and, and again, so the reader, uh, the listeners know, my books kind of, are already on like a 30 year arc, you know, there's a long period of time. So, um, you know, when we talk about Turkey being an enemy, I'm talking about the latter, you know, 15 years or so since Erdogan has been, uh, in charge, uh, you know, prior to that, they have been, uh, an ally, you know, great ally and, and an example. Um, I think I touch on it in one of the books already, but I, I know I'm also kind of uh, the seventh book that I'm writing kind of goes back in time into the 80s. And certainly during that period of time, there's, there was a huge cooperation with Turkey and the United States. And, uh, you know, there was a, a facility called uh, Sinop uh, on the coast of the Black Sea. Uh, there was a signal intelligence community uh, type thing. And, uh, you know, Turkey was, you know, 100% on board with the U.S. doing things against the, you know, then Soviet empire, because uh, it was certainly in their best interest, right? Uh, when you look at Turkey's location and, and what the Soviet Union was and all that. So, you know, at least back then, they certainly were very good allies. Uh, but that dynamic has changed radically under under Erdogan, who is who also is is really pushing the Islamic um, kind of piece of Turkey, much more to the extent than previous folks. So just hundred percent, and and you know, and, and that's that that's really what I meant when when I was talking about Turkey is contemporary Turkey. Uh, yeah, and and the the government of Erdogan specifically now. I, I agree a hundred percent with you. He, he is pushing the, the Islamo nationalist uh, uh, angle for sure. And, and uh, you know, in, in my perspective, and I kind of have a unique one, um, you know, having uh, in part Armenian heritage. So I understand, you know, and I understand a little bit of the dynamic there and maybe it's a, a partly an internal bias as well, but um, you know, there, I know that their brand of Islamo nationalism is very different from, say, Iran. And mm -hmm. you know, if if we can consider both of these as being hostile actors to the United States, but you know, it, because they are, but we also know that that they're not necessarily friendly to one another. How would you view an alliance between, however temporary it may be, between Iran? and Turkey, and how would that end up breaking down, let's say, after their tactical goal is accomplished? Well, that particular, uh, I want to say duality, that's not the word I want. Uh, those two, you know, Iran, Turkey. Um, you know, in my second book, When Towers Fall, I, I, I do kind of 
that's that really is the basis of that book is this burgeoning uh alliance between iran and turkey and and, and this is all good i mean just look at the map i mean they're, they're adjacent to each other there's, there's a lot of stuff going on uh between the two where they have you know very similar or like uh, interest um and unfortunately one of the a group of people that fall in between that are the Kurds. So you've got the Kurds and their blob of, 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 you know, where they are in the world kind of straddles, um, uh, Syria, a little bit of Turkey, a little bit of Iran, a little bit of Iraq. Um, and, and I, you know, to be honest, I use that, friction that's already built in as part of the plot so everything like that i see as an opportunity that i can fuck with somebody so because <laughs> uh, i'm a very bad person and i'm sorry um i'm not sorry <laughs> uh but uh um, no nah, nah, never never be sorry <laughs> for tactical cunning and ruthlessness. Uh, so uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, and, and, and I guess the other point is I am always trying to put a wedge in between all the players in this alliance, between China, between Iran, between Turkey, between Russia. I'm always trying to put a, an, a wedge between them, I'm trying to put a burr in their saddle. I want to break them up. Uh, there's there's as you're mentioning, there's you're talking about Armenia. You know, or being, you know, of Armenian descent, as as is one of our other people in our circle, I guess. Um, well, clearly, there's there's a little uh, quote friction between Armenia and and Azerbaijan, uh, and there's a little uh, friction between Azerbaijan and Iran. Well, guess what? You know, I I, I use that uh, as another wedge in the the fifth book Zangazur campaign. So if you like that sort of thing, you know, check out these books because I'm pretty fucking ruthless about uh you know exploiting them. But yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. You know, and, and that's the way you know there's some commentary perhaps I don't really give a shit about um uh um What's the word that's always thrown about stability in a region? I want to I want stability in a region if it benefits the United States. If it doesn't, I, I I don't care. I mean, they can go at each other's throats all day long. And uh, I don't want to fund it. I don't want to pay for it. I don't want I want nothing to do with it unless it benefits the United States. And, and that's just kind of a an overarching uh, theme across the books. Um, I don't care about nation building. I, I, I just don't care. I don't care about your human rights record. I don't care. And when I say I, I mean the warlock, of course, not me. Not me at all. I'm talking about the warlock character. That's the way he sees it. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, um, is there friction? Is, is there reason for Iran and Turkey? Absolutely. You know, they, you know, again, proximity and whatnot and energy and there's all kinds of things. Um, and their closeness, when you take in, when you take a look at their anti-American specifically, 
you know, death to America, Iran. Uh, uh, you know, when you look at their politics and, and their the way they see the world, um, certainly they're not on our team. And so, therefore, they're certainly a legitimate target to, uh, to, for, for us, for the warlock to take some kind of action and break them apart. And again, I, I also look holistically, comprehensively at, you know, you, you just specified Iran, Turkey. Yeah, that, yep, that's true. That in itself already is enough for me to say, okay, I don't like that. Uh, but uh, when, you, when you look at it comprehensively and you say, well, there's a whole lot of coziness between, say, Iran and China. You know, so, you know, when when Iran was under sanctions for not being able to sell their oil. Well, who was more than happy to take some off their hand and, and do it completely illegally? China. So so there's, you know, everywhere you turn in, in my books, everywhere you or if you if you're paying attention to the news, you know, everywhere you turn, China is in the middle of it. And it's not to our advantage what they're pursuing. So, yeah, I hear you, um, Iran, Turkey. But I always keep in mind, if I can fuck them up in some way, and I can put a wedge between them, I can al I'm also, you know, uh, taking strength away from the China portfolio. So a book might be mostly about Iran and Turkey. But you got to be looking at it a little deeper and say, well, okay, in the context of the China puppet master, you know, this is a good thing to do. Or this is, this all makes some sense. So um, that's a good example. And then, then again, your Armenia kind of thing. Uh, um, in that particular case, that book, the Zangazur campaign, is specifically targeting Iran. So that's the, quote, Iran book. I'm going after Iran's throat and their nuclear program mostly in that book. And I've got some help through our friends, the Israelis, in that specific book. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's almost exhausting when you when you, when you look at the the history of these countries. They, they go back way, 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 way further than the United States has been around. But, uh, you know, some of these inconsistencies and, and craziness in their policies and who they support and what they don't support, you know, Iran and Yemen. Well, there's another little thing going on, right? You know, the way that Iran looks at Yemen, but the way that, you know, Turkey is not, in the, is not on the same page of music as Iran is regarding Yemen. So, I mean, there's all these little friction points that you can exploit, and that's what I do. You know, the, all those little geostrategic friction points. It's kind of fun in that way. I'm, I, I like yeah, inflicting pain on others. That's always fun. <laughs> that's, uh, it, you know, I think it was uh, Dalton Fury's book back in the day. Um, mm. Mm. Was it First In? I'm trying to because I, I read I read well, the, Gary Schroen's book. I read yeah yeah um, that's the first in yeah 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 I, I read his I read Gary Bernson's book with uh, Jawbreaker which I was a huge fan of 
I absolutely. Brown's book was excellent, um, but but uh, Gary Bernson's book was yeah. really. Uh, it's like man, this it. But but I just I, I like Bernson. I liked his attitude. I liked uh, his how he. Schrone was a very um, his his take on on Afghanistan. The invasion was very. Uh, uh, this is this and this is this kind of like very matter of fact. And Bernson was more uh, interjection and, and, you know, this, this was my personal thoughts and my emotions yeah. on stuff. Yeah. And, and I just, man, I love that. It, it was like, yeah. you're getting kind of the, the psychology, but uh, Fury's book, um, man, I'm trying to remember what it, what it was called. I have it. I have it on my bookshelf over here. It's, anyway, his account of, of the invasion of Afghanistan uh, real similar to that. It's something that he said. Yeah, he's with, he's much more in the Tora Bora. I mean, isn't that yep. the book you're yeah, I forgot the name of the book. Yeah, yeah. And 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 uh he yeah. you know he and, said and, that, and, and and what's interesting is when you read that book and you're you're getting a little flavor from the author, you know. So here's mm-hmm. a guy doing high speed shit for Delta. Yeah. And you know, and they're talking about Tora Bora and 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 the tunnels and stuff. And then where do those tunnels terminate or where can the people go? Well, Pakistan. So, so you look at all this stuff, you know, you get Pat, yep. you know, Pakistan. I mean, that area is just a mess. You know, it you really know, we is. Can, and, we could dive know, into Imran Khan and, and that, that whole powder yeah, keg yeah, that is. Yeah. But, I, but my point behind that statement though, is, was that uh, Dalton Fury in, in that book, made a statement that I think that, that you just touched on in, in, in a very uh, important way. And it's, it's the whole psychology of unconventional warfare. It's, it, it is the duplicity of one, how can we build a structure up and two, how can we tear it down? How, how can we, how can we create stability, but at the same time, how do we destabilize an existing structure? And right. now, 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 what's 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 a unique thought process? What's what's difficult for the the poor bastard that has to go into, say, Pakistan, right? As an example, um, yeah, we're we the United States we're trying to develop a relationship with a very important. You know, when you look at the map, where is it on the map? Um, at, you know simple you know uh uh you know short target right the the 100 meter target well we're talking about afghanistan well where's pakistan in relation to um but you really can't think that way it's very tempting it's very tempting you want immediate relief on a given uh, you know uh, political objective um but you got to think long term you know um and 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 it's very difficult for the poor bastard uh, military officer slash um, you know anyone that's doing kind of an LNO liaison type work. Um, you're trying to at, at the same time because that's the way you're taught in the Q course. You're supposed to be this kind of a strategic thinking. You, you're thinking in terms of a longer term effect. However, you're also bound by lawful orders to work within those parameters that your policy guys give you. 
and you're just sitting there and you're like, God damn it, man, you are fucking up my day by telling me, um, well, we can't do business with these guys because of their human rights uh, record. Okay. And then the very se- the next second, they're telling you, hey, man, get your ass in there with, with a bucket load of uh, a suitcase full of cash and a you know, little backsheesh and make X, Y, Z happen, you know, blah, 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 blah. And at the same time, realize, well, you know, the Pakistani guys are only willing to hit targets in their area, in the FADA, uh, that fit in their little portfolio. So, you know, they don't want to hit this pack. They don't want to hit these Taliban guys, the Haqqani guys, but they do want to hit these Al-Qaeda, you know. So you're thrown into the middle of all this crap, and you're trying to sort it out the best you can and say, okay, uh, I'm trying to, you know, meet my orders, you know, the parameters within the orders. And at the same time, you know, in the back of your head, like, you know, these, these are the probably more duplicitous than the Turkey to which you alluded earlier, or they're at least in the same fucking league. Oh yeah. You know, you know, they're at least in the same league. Um, so any of the any of the listeners out there, if you're interested <laughs> in going into special forces, go to the Q course and doing all this stuff. Just kind of keep this in mind. You know, you, you know, there's a there's a career part of your head that kind of turns on, and then there's just the the true you that that evaluates some of this stuff and says, Jesus Christ, that doesn't make any sense. You know, when you look at the policy. Uh, objectives and you're the implementing guy in the ground you're supposed to implement stuff and make shit happen and you know in the back of your head that you know we're just not going to get our money's worth out of pakistan i don't give a shit what you do it ain't gonna happen (laughs) no you know you know or, or even worse make it worse make it worse you know you talk about afghanistan uh you know again this was not this was not the public me at the time i uttered certain things earlier on and i got crushed and they sounded something to the effect like well you know okay uh let's go in there and just bomb the bejesus out of these bastards and leave i don't give a fucking crap about nation building and i was told you know as as a young younger you know uh that's very nice. Shut your pie hole and go sit in the corner. <laughs> we don't want to hear that. What we want to hear is yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But what I was going to get is you look at Afghanistan, the way it, it turned out and ended up. I, I would tell you anybody that served in that particular area or that specific country easily as early as I'd say 2008 if not before, but I just say, just say 2008 um, would have told you, you know, we ain't going to get there from here. You know, these, the, these folks, they, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to be good Americans. They're, they're, there's a handful that are taking money and they're telling us, the Americans, what we want to hear. But, you know, 99% of them couldn't give a rat's ass about being able to have a Starlink antenna and you know they don't and and so to me even as early as that 
you could have said, well, it's time to pull a plug on this nation building nonsense and get out. And at least at the very least, save some money and save some lives. And when I say save lives, I mean our lives, you know. So anyone, anyone listen to this crap. I'm rambling. I'm sorry. I'm old. No. Uh, no, you know, I, I mean, you can see the, me. I'm I'm nodding my head because this is all stuff that it just it, it's it's it, out, man. It's it, it's relevant it's even in the it's 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 relevant even to the domestic idea of insurgencies and whatnot. Um, you know, uh, what's the long term end state? What are we trying to do? You know. You know, what are we trying to do here? And there may or may not be a series of steps you can take to get there. And and you might have decisions along the way where you say, okay, pull the plug uh, or, 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 or continue to march. But either way, I guess really the point is uh, anyone that wants to get into, and I'll just say specifically special forces, that I make a huge differentiation between SF and special operations. My books really or a little bit more on the special operations direct action kind of orientation, right? Uh, SF and UW type stuff, I'm thinking in, in the context of, you know, the, the, the touchy-feely achieving political objectives through uh, an indigenous body, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but it really uh, is a great... If you gotta be in the army, <laughs> if you gotta be in the army, it's a great place to be. The people are fantastic. Um, the general idea, the the idea of UW uh, is fascinating and and interesting, uh, and it would it'll keep you um, really immersed in in your work. You know, never mind the, 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 you know, of course you have the cool shoot pew pew, you know, you should got gun stuff, you know, you can blow shit up. I mean, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff in there too. I'm just, you know, I'm rambling, but I'm just saying this, uh, you know, your, your political masters uh, are still there and it will constrain you to such a degree. Sometimes it'll be, um, challenging how's that no i i agree i mean you know i i wasn't in that world uh but it, it's uh i've heard plenty of complaints uh, along those lines and and plenty of statements that were uh i had a a personal friend of mine who i deployed with several of the guys that that I was in the uh, long range surveillance unit that I was in uh, when we got mm -hmm. back from Afghanistan, most of them went over to SF and um, you know, some of them ended up making a career out of it. A couple of them got out anyway, yeah. cause they yeah. kind of, they, they thought the grass was going to be greener and, and that was their. Yeah. Career. I mean, it's, it's, it's not necessarily going to scratch your itch. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, that's, you're, that's perfect. You're exactly right. So many people, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, you know, they, they go from officer to enlisted. Oh, the grass is greener. It's good. You know, everything has um, pitfalls in there and you, and you might end up being disappointed. But, you know, you also uh, could be very disappointed in yourself if you don't pursue that whatever, you know, yeah. a, lurse, a lurse guy. 
going over to SF, you know, he might get all the way through it and then, and then find out, well, it's really not as much of what I thought it was going to be, but I could almost guarantee you anyone that has that thought, if they don't do it, they're going to kick themselves the rest of their lives. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it, the biggest thing is being treated like an adult, you know, that, that was the complaint yeah. that everybody had yeah. was, you know, Hey, we've got all this training, we've got all this capability, but yeah. you want to be treated like an adult and still, and, and, you know, a lot of my buddies that, that ended up going over there, the, the couple that got, that ended up getting out, um, you know, this is, we, we thought that we were going to be treated like adults finally when we got over there. Mm -hmm. and, and and this, you know, we're talking about a time frame is uh, 2012, 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the, you know, I, I have no idea what the, the contemporary environment is like, over the, you know, in, in that world you mean, now. You mean like <laughs> just after the surge that was not a surge? Is that the time yeah. frame you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you know, yeah. It, it, it really is, um, you know, for guys that uh, don't stick it out, I feel your pain. Um, you know, you will get treated more like an adult in an SF environment as long as you're deployed away from the flagpole. So if you're in an ODA environment, on team environment, that's, you know, within the structure of the team, the intellectual structure of the team there's there's much more freedom if you compare that you know if you're an e6 and you compare that sf e6 versus the the e6 that's that's uh you know in the 82nd airborne totally different worlds totally different worlds so everything is kind of you're, you're you're continually expanding and contracting in your mind you know these environments you know and and then there's everyone's going to go through a calculation is is it good enough do i want to stay in and and, and let me extrapolate because i'm an idiot anyway um even further so if you're just you're in this sf realm sf realm and you're taught this stuff in the schoolhouse and it really is cool the whole idea of uw and and it's and its uh, lineage as it relates to OSS and World War II and you know, blah, 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 blah. It's great stuff. And then you see the application of it, the hesitancy of its use. And I'll just say as an example, uh, by, say, Bill Clinton in the 90s. Here you have this immense capability that, would, that they just don't have the balls to apply. And if they do... It's not going to be the plain vanilla SF guy in group. It's going to be the special mission units or, you know, Title 50 authority type guys that essentially go out and do special forces doctrinal stuff under different authorities. Um, and, you know, if you don't know what I mean, I can't get into it. It'll take me all read my books because, uh, you know, I make the distinction between title 10 and title 50. Uh, and, 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 and even in my world, in the, in the warlocks world policy at the presidential level probably wouldn't, would not absolutely would not do the things that the warlock does. So the, and it, it's kind of getting into what you're saying, being treated like an adult, you've got these great capabilities. We've got great people. 
with enormous skills and we don't let them loose. Well, the warlock yeah. fixes that, right? <laughs> he, he fixes that. So. I love it. I love it. So, something I want to revisit uh, with the, the Iran talking about the, the dichotomy between Iran, Turkey, that, uh, relationship of convenience, but also a contentious relationship simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how this is, this is just very, uh, it, it's much like the left in the United States. The, the left in the sure. United States is a loose coalition made up of dissimilar interests that really don't like one another and will end up being at, at different points in time and for various reasons, mm-hmm. and sometimes no reason at all. Uh, they, they'll end up being competing interests one, sure. with one another. Um, yep. You know, and, I, and, and I, we see this frequently. Yeah. That specific little scenario you're talking about, I talk about, and I kind of lay out in my own way in my fourth book, Boom Slang. Um, but that is actually, you know, not, not necessarily I'm talking about, you know, uh, Iran and Yemen, you know, the way they see things versus the way uh, uh, Turkey and Yemen or Turkey, you know, Armenia and, and Iran and Armenia. I mean, they're, that is a single issue of a very specific duration that they may agree. And then they fucking cut, they cut away. Okay, that was, hey, listen, dude, we collaborated on XYZ only because it was convenient for that time and space. You know, understand that that's the way we do business, you know. So I kind of laid that out in one of the books as kind of a this this uh, structural thing that the warlock's thinking. But it's exactly like you say. And, you know, there's a term for it. I can't think of it that the that the left uses. And I, uh, I and I never understood until I uh, I, I never mind. I'll, I'll just I'll get back to it. But that's exactly yeah. right. There are. There are certain issues that it is convenient for me, uh, say Black Lives Matter, to work on with, uh, you know, feminist parties sort of thing. But that's only for that little thing. And that's when we're done. You know, I wipe my hands and and we go our separate ways. But everyone that's involved in that thing understands no harm, no foul. You know, we're going to work together on this little thing. And then you're going to go do whatever. And yeah, they might be a complete loggerheads on that, you know, that next issue. Um, right. Which is, you know, interesting. And, and and I do believe China has kind of got that thing going on with all these other countries. Everyone understands, you know, what's in it for me for this for now. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be compliant, and I'm gonna collaborate, and I'm gonna work on this, and then that's gonna evaporate on a different issue, you know. And maybe that different issue is uh, a pipeline, whether it goes under the Black Sea, or it goes overland through Turkey, or you know whatever, you know. At, at some, it, it, I'm sorry, what what you just said kind of it struck something in my head. China has recently been able to, um, you know, get 
Iran and and all these countries kind of in line as it relates to Yemen and you know this and the Saudis in particular. So you've got all this crap going on in Yemen. Iran, you know, has its influence in Yemen. Saudi Arabia has its and and that's what the war kind of is, is you know this proxy war that's been going on between the two. Um, and China comes in out of nowhere and kind of fixes all that shit. And now all of a sudden, a U.S. ally, Saudi Arabia, is kind of in China's camp. So this stuff is going on, and we are being outmaneuvered. Uh, and, you know, our, our pants are just down by our ankles. You know, we are just not shooting, moving, and communicating. Um, no, on these, you know, these, these, it's, it's kind of fascinating, but it's also, uh, for those that might be, um, uh, nostalgic for the days when preeminent United States, you know, made shit happen. It, it's, 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 it's sobering to watch, uh, and it makes you just kind of go, damn, what, what's going on? What's happening in our country? And, and we know the answer to that, you know, because we have different right. priorities and such. But uh, well, that that leads to a question that that I've had for a very long time now, and and I would love to get your take on this and the strategic goal behind this move. I I don't know if there was one, and I think that's the heart of my question. But the money that was given, the pallets of cash that was given <laughs> to Iran. Mm. by the Obama administration. Mm. And, you know, we know that uh, Susan Rice was was a big player in this, a big broker in the deal. We know that uh, John Kerry had a heavy hand in this as well. And these, these are people who have been uh, perennial uh, canker sores in, in foreign policy as well as domestic policy. Um, you know, carry very much a, a, a figment of the Democrat Party, um, kind of the old breed of the Democrat Party that's that's really out of touch with with street level now. I think that that him and, and the Politburo that surrounds him is very much at a loss to even comprehend what's occurring uh, based on the, the shifting of the sands that we talked about, those, those shifting alliances here domestically. But applying that to their relationship with Iran, what what was the goal there? What I mean, what were they even thinking? Well, yeah, it took me a second to kind of say, okay, yeah, because I'm thinking the same thing while you're saying it, because my my memory is shit. The goal, uh, as far as the rest of the world was concerned, was we were buying Iran to sign the deal that was being brokered, you know, by our great ally, one of which was Russia. Right. <laughs> when you when you look back at that period of time during the Obama administration, the audacity for a subsequent uh, cabal of Democrats to say Russia, 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 blah, 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 you know, the, whole, the whole Trump thing. Um, but we permitted one of five, I think, you know, France was in there, UK was in there, Russia was in there. Uh, you know, we permitted Russia to write the rule set of this Iranian uh, nuclear um, thing where, where, you know, Iran presumably was going to cut 
uranium enrichment, yada, 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 for X amount of years, humma, 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 and therefore, you know, stop the Iranian nuclear bomb. I mean, that, to answer your question, that supposedly, that was, that was it. That was the deal. You know, we bought them off with this $400 billion of cash, pallet, money, whatever, and, and probably other things, but we bought them off to say, hey, these are the stipulations in, you know, this, this uh, agreement sign this damn thing and then the obama the obama administration could then say oh look at this great peace deal we have made so i think that's what that was about um obviously it it it, it you know when when the photos of the pallets being loaded you know with a clandestine aircraft with no tail numbers and all this kind of stuff uh not great optics you know not great optics as one would anticipate of course they wouldn't be you know great optics what do you think anyone would think so but i think that was what they were trying you know everything really i you know on a foreign policy level in the 2012 to what, what 2016 time frame of the obama second second obama administration yeah everything was oriented towards this nuke deal with iran i mean everything they did um uh you know so that they could have a quote win on foreign policy and and world peace you know you know so, so i think that's the answer uh yeah. at the face value that's the answer um and then really anyone Fred Fleets, F-L-I-E-T-Z, I believe is how you pronounce and, and spell his name, was a was a, a nuclear analyst that just absolutely uh you know obliterated this this whole discussion. You know, the because my recollection on that deal, one of the things stipulated would be okay, we Iran agree to reduce our centrifuges. Centrifuges are used to enrich uranium. Some centrifuges, Gen 1, are by orders of magnitude less efficient by orders of magnitude than, you know, Gen 6, Gen 7, right? Generation 7 or so. What they agreed to was... Iran agreed to reduce the Gen 1 centrifuges by, by, by a large amount, uh, blah, 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 um, you know, as an example. But this guy, Fred Fleece, looked at it and said, okay, folks, let's look at this. Let's do some math. You know, the 400 centrifuges that are reduced in their entire fucking inventory 400 that were kicked to the curb uh, only did, uh, you know, 600 fucking pounds of uranium per decade. But the higher generation, and I'm just making shit up so everyone knows, because I, I, I don't remember the numbers. The high generation ones, they were able to retain, not only retain, but um 
they were given permission to uh, uh, design and manufacture and produce not only Gen Gen Seven and Gen Eight, but Gen Nine, Gen. You, you know what I mean? So they were they were given the, the the go to make more efficient ones, and you would only need like ten of the Gen Eight to produce the same as the four hundred you reduced. You know, of the Gen One. I mean, the, I'm skewing the math to make a point. I hope everyone understands that. But that's the sort of thing that was in that deal. So if you really looked at it, the net value of just saying in 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 in, in just the the uranium enrichment production was nominal at best. And if you extended two years, you know they you know the Iranians could put it online Gen Eight, Gen Nine, whatever. You know, you know they still had the capability to produce enough fissile material to make bombs, you know, in a very short period. You know, it was, it was a horrible deal. If you really just looked at the actual, but Obama administration could, they could just go forward to a compliant media and say, Oh, we reduced their centrifuges by 400. Oh, praise the world. You know, we're awesome. Give me another Nobel Peace Prize. So, you know, God only knows. You know, what was the, what was the, uh, and, and that was the whole, um, you know, there were many people that were reticent of the whole deal that could just got shouted down. They got shouted down by the media or, or, or whatever. You know, it was a bad deal. It was absolutely a horrible deal. And anyone that really looked at it and, and, understood it or tried to understand it would also probably be able to say no not a good deal not in our best interest you know move on so that's a long kind of answer but not really an answer so i apologize no but that i think that that sheds light on something that's been a frequent question that i've had personally of what what even was the strategic goal and and you know we okay to make it to make it so obama could say he had a foreign policy victory exactly that's it that's it it. because this this is going to be a a very imminent threat i think in i mean it already is but I, i think i predict in in at least in the next Let's say the next five years. Let's let's be generous. Say the next five years, that this is going to be uh, a potential flashpoint in the world uh, between this and Pakistan. You, we have to throw Pakistan in there as well. So that's a whole other conversation. But th- this is, I think that that was one of the the largest foreign policy blunders in in American history. Probably, in, you know, certainly in the twenty first century. Um, but with, with, with bucket loads of unintended consequences that are going to be, they have the potential to be catastrophic and we, we can lay that blame directly at the feet uh, of that Politburo, uh, which is still very much guiding uh, a lot of the misgivings of of politics in, in, uh, contemporary America today. You know, their, their fingerprints are all over it. And well, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think one of the again, any any of the folks that read my stuff and and think about it a little bit, 
um, I, I'm actually begging people read this stuff and think, you know, ba based on what you, on what you just said, um, it, you know, and it's done kind of deliberately. It, it, it is fiction, you know, this warlock guy and the fiction that's interesting. He's not beholden to any kind of president Senate oversight. He's beholden to nothing. He is just a fucking patriot who does the right thing. Okay, that may be fictional, and maybe that's, you know, maybe I'm naive, right, that such a person exists. But that's, you know, keep that in mind. It's just a fictional thing. But I do spend a little time in kind of in the books, and if you're reading through it, I'm kind of shedding the light on what you're saying um, and, and, it, and it is not necessarily I'm saying this only as a, quote, Republican or a, quote, Libertarian or a, quote, Democrat or, you know, whatever. I'm saying this, what this country needs to do. Here's a if then kind of statement. If we, the United States, are going to pursue X uh, and spend money in the process you know, spend U.S. taxpayers' precious money, then, you know, we, the United States, need to get something out of it. That's really kind of a, a very overarching idea in the book, is that this guy is very rational in his application of force and to achieve something. But in that rationality, he's also very, his scope is very finite. I'm only going to do this. I'm going to only spend so much money. I'm going to do this. It's going to achieve this. And then I'm done, which is not the way we do business in federal government, certainly, where projects or programs are opened and they never end. You know, they, they start, you know, and there's no discipline at all. Next, thing you know, a $10 million program goes 20 years down the road and now it's a $100 billion program. And that's not really an exaggeration. That is what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that is what happens. So, so again, if you if you're reading my stuff and you're reading through it, you just kind of have to pay attention to some of this backdrop stuff. And you know, again, maybe maybe I'm an asshole. Maybe I'm uh, I'm just totally naive. But I'm just telling you, as an engineer, it can be done. You can you can limit the scope and, and, and your assumptions constraints to a point where you can manage something and actually achieve the objective at the end. And occasionally you have to say no. You know, you occasionally when you have a quote, a stakeholder in a program says, hey, I'd like this widget to do blah, 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 blah. And they just start, you know, 20 minutes later, they're done. You know, the guy has to say, that's really fucking nice. But this is what is specified as a requirement. And all that crap you just said is not in there. And I have no money to pursue all this other crap you just said. And so, no, you have to say no. You know, and, and, and therefore you can then limit some, some fucking costs. And until we do that, we're just going to have these you know, we'll be picking these scabs forever. You know, it's, it's horrible, but you know, 
we we have got to um restrain ourselves you know occasionally say that's that's nice but you know the program as it was conceived it's done you're done right. <laughs> done yeah yeah it, anyway, it's, I, until there's accountability and and i mean it yeah you know, it boils down to the intertwining of, of uh, government and private industry and uh, what General Eisenhower would, would call the, the military industrial complex. So there's no, if there's no accountability to keeping any of that in check. And I think that we've entered a time where there's, there is no accountability. Well, um, and, and I would put, you know, the, the, the military industrial complex guy, you know, the program manager guy, gal. You know, they get paid to expand. They don't get paid to just run that program as it stands. And then, okay, that day we're done. Okay, great. No. Hey, man, do what you can to keep extending the contract. Keep extending. So, you know, so, you know, so, and that person, you know, that contractor or whatever is incentivized to do so. And if he succeeds in going another year, he gets rewarded with a, with a, you know, a bonus. It is then incumbent on the government guy to say, no, man, you're done. Yeah, it's pretty simple, really. It's very simple. You know, you built the littoral combat ship, whatever, to do X. (laughs) My Navy friends call call it the, the little crappy ship. Well, and probably for good reason. I, again, for good and, reason. And, and, for and, very and, good reason. And, 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 you know, that thing, and I don't know enough about it really, but it was built to do something very specific in the context of some policy type goals at the time. You know, maybe over time they looked at those policy goals and said, there's really nothing, it's not worth pursuing. You know, we need a, a, a bigger Navy kind of thing, yada, yada, yada. You know, so terminate that program. It's done. You know, we had this in mind, you know, 20 years ago, whatever. Uh, things have changed. We the we have changed our mind. Uh, you're done. <laughs> it's, it's you know, you talk about it's just that simple. It, it's not that hard. It's going to hurt someone's feelings. The poor bastard, you know, contractor guy that livelihood. Okay, but the adult in the room. The government person has to say, sorry, but, you know, project terminated. Doink. And that's how you start fucking eliminating some dollar line numbers on your damn budget. That's the only way you're going to get there. But anyway, I digress. I agree completely. (laughs) Sir, I wish that I had more time. I really do. This is it's it's it is always such a, a honor and a great opportunity to sit down with you. Um, you know, everybody that, that is featured on the Privy Council specifically, I, I, I mean, I've told uh, Stan, the Virginia gentleman, this, I tell Joe this all the time. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like the odd man out when I'm sitting there because I have all these guys that are, that are, I feel like they're so much, so much smarter than I am. Um, and, and I, I, that, that's, you know, and I, I get a front row seat to ah, hear on, the, some of the, the, the most intelligent takes it, on foreign it, policy. Out it's there. kind of, it, you it's, know, it's an honor to me. 
it, it it's it, it's kind of fun, but I'm sure for everyone, you yourself included, it's kind of it's, it's frustrating because, um, you know, for some of these topics, where which are just these crazy, complex, open-ended kind of things, there there are solutions. Um, there there really are. Uh, at the end of the day, what's frustrating is it, it does come down to policy stuff. You talked earlier about, you know, blunders of our time and, you know, maybe the Iran uh, nuclear thing is one Well, I mean, you have stuff like, you know, giving up the Panama Canal, uh, giving up Subic Bay. Let me tell you something, you know, with all this shit going on in Taiwan, you know, eventually someone's going to say, hmm, you know, we kind of fucked up. <laughs> by by giving up Subic Bay, but anyway, yeah, um, they're they're good topics, uh, and, and we all I think we all have our hearts in the right place, and what we're looking for, you know, is we're looking for what's best with you know for America, um, at least at this very small point in time. You know, we can entertain other things later on, but we need to sort quite a few things out. Uh, before we start putting another rock in a rucksack, right? Um, yeah, fun stuff. I get you on mute, I think. I think you're on mute. I think you're on mute. Ah, did we lose you? I think. All right, there you are. You're back. You seem to be on mute to me. Can you hear me now? I can't. Yeah, Yeah. I dropped out. It's that was 100% my connection. Um, We're good now, though. But um, anyway, how can people best support you and your work, your book series? Buy the books. Uh, it, uh, you know, everyone should also know that proceeds from profits go to the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. Um, I state that in the, the the inner cover of the first book, and I uh, I think I say it again in like the third or fourth book. Um, and occasionally I'll put that on Twitter, but a lot of people don't understand that. Um, you know, Special Operations Warfare foundation down in tampa uh one their original charter was to give money to fallen warriors kids to go to college so uh that's that's what that charity is about um so you can support that the the books themselves we've talked about i think you'll have a link but author mike bennett so a-u-t-h-o-r mike bennett two n's two t's AuthorMikeBennett.com is, is my website. Uh, I, I got a blog on there. You can read some stuff. Uh, like I, I've uh, I've got the first, well, I've got two chapters of, of, of the seventh book that's coming out there posted. So you can get a general idea of what, you know, where that book is going maybe. 
uh, hint it has something to do with Iran. Um, but anyway, uh, that's one way to get get to the books. And of course, Amazon, just just search the Warlock series um, and you'll see Mike Bennett, you know, click on one of those. There's there's six books you can choose from right now. Uh, there are also two anthologies, meaning volume one is books one, two and three. Uh, volume two is books four, five, and six. And if you want hardcover stuff, that's the cheapest way to get a book in your hand for the series. If you buy the two uh, anthologies, you'll you'll save a bunch of money. Um, so that's how you can get the books. Um, there is one book on Kobo that's an audio, audio, you know, audible kind of thing, audio stuff. Um, and, and, and the books also, the first six books are also on Kobo, uh, you know, again, Warlock series, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and if you do, uh, get the books, I really appreciate feedback. So, um, you know, put that, put your, put your, uh, uh, you know, your rating or whatever on Amazon. Um, uh, and, and, and even if you're on Twitter, you know, give a shout out, you know, if you, if you buy the books, take pictures, post it, all that kind of good stuff. It all helps. Sir, it is an honor to have you on. One that, that I don't I don't think that, that you even realize what, what an honor it is to have you on here and, and share this, this brief moment in time and get to converse with you. And uh, it, it really is. It, it, it's an honor to, to uh, be featured with you on the Privy Council. Uh, and and big shout out to Council on Future Conflict as well. Uh, sir, thank you so much for being yes, on. Sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. God bless everybody out there. Thank you for being on, sharing this time with us. Colonel Mike Bennett, author MikeBennett.com, the Warlock series. Definitely must reads, must reads. It, that, you know, I, I think that um, if, if you know you're interested in anything in this genre, that insight on the the global geopolitics of it all, how we could get things back on track, it's a very very good roadmap for all of that. But with that said, this episode's coming to a close. Big shout out to our show sponsor, CivilDefenseManual.com, TNT Radio, Jorge Morvik Show. But they are great guests on that show as well. I've been featured over there a couple of times. Uh, definitely a must listen and available everywhere where you get your podcasts. Blacksmith Publishing, my very good friends, Paul LeFavor and Mike Blackburn, run their publishing outfit, and they are the Warriors Bookstore. Uh, they've written some incredible books, the uh, Small Unit Tactics Manual for the Army that is utilized in the Small Unit Tactics phase of uh, the SFQ course, and a uh, heck of a lot of other good books over there as well, Iron Sharpening Iron, which is a personal favorite of mine. And of course, another frequent guest on the show, as well as Privy Council, Council on Future Conflict, Mr. Joe Dolio with his Tactical Wisdom series. Of course, you can pick up all the logo gear, the uh, uh, range cards that I have over there, and the big ones are about to be back in stock later this week. They are highly sought after now, but brushbeater.store. 
Uh, and I've got a whole lot of radio products, field manuals. You can get the genuine editions of the Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio. None of the imitations or ripoff products that are popping up and populating Amazon. You can buy directly from me. Although if you do find the books on Amazon, you can purchase them there as well. With that said, folks, God bless. Keep your heads on a swivel, and I'll talk to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout, out.